The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All right, we are live for the first post-game live stream. We've Spent some time to figure out the best possible platform to do this on, and we figured it out. We're going to be going live on YouTube after games to provide our thoughts and instant reactions uh, to the recent New York Giants games. We'll be doing it throughout the season. This is obviously the first time that we're doing it, as I said, and we will be talking about the Giants' third preseason game, a loss 22-20, to an 0-3 preseason, which... It's the preseason. We can't really read into that record very much because uh, we know years where the Giants have gone undefeated and then had a horrendous regular season record. So that's a completely separate issue. Some quick stats before we get into the big headlines from the game. Mike Glennon, 9 for 17, 147 yards and two touchdowns. Daniel Jones gets a lot of run in this one, 17 for 22 One touchdown, one interception to go along with 135 yards. Leading rusher, surprisingly, Elijah Penny, 4 for 35, 8.8 yards per carry. Damian Willis, leading receiver, 3 for 70 and one touchdown. And uh, in terms of best defensive performances, Devontae Downs, seven total tackles in that one. And then we have the Blake Martinez interception that was early on in the game. So those are the notable statistics. And Chris, it's also of note that the Giants are losing a couple of guys potentially uh, for some periods of time. We don't know the full extent of these injuries, but we do know the exact locations. Evan Ingram, surprise, surprise, calf injury. Darius Slayton, apparently foot and ankle. And then Ted Larson, offensive lineman, has a hurt knee. And uh, it's just so disappointing, Chris, to be sitting here and saying that Evan Ingram, again, the season hasn't even started, and somehow, some way, he finds a way to yet again have an injury. Yeah, and it's really disappointing because he actually looked pretty good in this game. You know, he didn't have too many big plays. They had a tight end screen where he was able to put his speed to the use you know, move the ball downfield, uh, really helps supplement the Giants' running game. 
he his mechanics catching the ball looked solid. He framed the ball nicely, looked it into his hand, secured the catch well. So yeah, him getting hurt, you know, hopefully it's just a calf strain. Yeah, nothing that will nothing that'll knock him out for any length of time because we saw how the Giants used Rice and John and immediately started speculating how could they use this with use these plays with Evan Ingram and you know how great would it be to see him running down the field and attacking the seams in you know cover two cover three defenses and you know hopefully we still get to see that I'm a little worried about the Giants tight end depth chart with Kyle Rudolph still coming back from foot surgery you know he he's off the pup list and practicing but you know we haven't seen him in a, in a game yet so we just don't know what he has to offer hopefully he's back to being the Kyle Rudolph we know but right now Caden Smith is the Giants depth chart at tight end yeah we continue to have more and more concerns for that tight end position and obviously Evan Ingram not remaining healthy in times when he's needed and expected to be healthy is of concern but if we're just moving past that and almost to the point where I'm just ignoring it and assuming that he's not available. Like you said, Kyle Rudolph, yes, we're assuming that he's going to be a key piece this year and not really in like an elite, high productive tight end, but he's going to be important for this offense. It seems like Caden Smith is probably going to be tight end too if Evan Ingram isn't ready to rock for week one. But these other injuries also very disappointing. It was also disappointing some of these drops that Darius Slayton had in this game. So not only are we frustrated by him going down with an injury with his foot and his ankle, but he's also not looked very good, not that great in the preseason, and the limited action we actually get to see him in this game, he's dropping the football. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, Slayton going down hurts because he's really the most natural fit the Giants have at at a flanker. You know, a guy to line up across from Kenny Galladay and fill out that 11 personnel package. This creates an opportunity for Dante Pettis, David Sills, CJ Board, one of those guys to step up but also you know, the drops that is a thing we have seen with Darius Slayton going back to his rookie season where he will be in position to make an amazing play and just have the ball slip right through his fingers and it for everything he brings physically athletically it's frustrating yeah super super frustrating and speaking of frustrating Chris uh, you could tell on social media that fans were aghast by the performance by the Giants' offensive line. I know I was pretty frustrated seeing some of these series and pretty quickly and ended up turning into a bunch of third and longs, fourth and longs because of some serious miscues by the offensive line. And there's a couple things that we can pick apart here when the starters were on the field. One, Nate Solder started the game at right tackle. Now, if that is telling to us that he is going to be the starting right tackle for the season, man, the Giants are in a really, really bad spot because I watched him get turned around on pretty much every other passing uh, play, it seemed. Every single 
passing rep, I just kept seeing him, guys just looping around him, looping around him, getting completely opened up. His feet were not moving. Like This dude was struggling in his last time playing with the Giants, what, what was now, what, basically two seasons ago when the last time we saw him. And he looks like he has significantly regressed. Like This is the first time we've seen him, and he did not look good. I really hope that Matt Parrott is starting week one. Maybe that's a good or a bad thing. I'm hoping that Parrot is better than than Solder, but wow, Solder did not look good. Yeah, Solder was not only playing against the Patriots edge rushers, he was also playing against a solid decades worth of muscle memory at le- at the left tackle position. Longer than that, you know, considering his college career. Yeah, it is tough to unlearn everything you have spent most of your adult life learning and then flip it around to the mirror side. But yeah, that is, he's a professional. That's what he has to do. And he just was not getting it done. Yeah. Matt Peart, he looked when he came onto the field for the giant second drive, it looked like he would be a legitimate upgrade. He had his very first snap was a great rep. Unfortunately, it was just kind of downhill from there. And he struggled quite a bit as well. Now, I don't know if you or we really want to go into Andrew Thomas or the rest of the offensive line. The Giants broadcast crew spent plenty of time talking about Andrew Thomas, how you know he, he struggled and he struggled in a lot of the same ways that we saw him struggle early on last year, where he would either take too much care to protect his inside shoulder and guys would loop around on him or he'd, you know, set too wide and there'd be a clear inside path. You know, I, I also saw him just stop his feet on a few occasions. And you know, these are things the giants just need to get fixed fast because they're staring straight down the barrel of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Yeah, there there is a lot that was going on in this game. I think for the offensive line, and we're you know we're just seeing so many issues. Specifically, Nate Solder is just so damn disappointing that 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 is the result that we get after an extended period of time off from not being here and playing for the Giants, and that's going against a well coached defense. But there's not really a guy on that defensive front for. New England that it's like, wow, this is going to be reminiscent of some of the top edge rushers that they're going to see throughout the season. Like it's a it's a decent group. It's not anything that I'm, you know, uh, concerned about. Not, not anything that I expected that they would have such tremendous trouble protecting Daniel Jones. And I almost wonder if Daniel Jones hadn't got the ball out on some place, how many times more he would have been sacked. Um, but we also got to bring up here the way that Andrew Thomas performed and the way that he looked in this game, because I I don't think we, I think it would be an overreaction for us to sit here and say like he was as bad as Nate Solder. I don't think he was. It's concerning what we saw from Andrew Thomas, because again, like along those lines of what I'm saying, not really facing anyone that's super scary and it's not going to be as good as you were just talking about, like the Nick, Nick Chubbs and the, and the Von Millers that we're going to even just get to see week one. Uh, I think Thomas needs to clean up some stuff because there's a lot of plays where he was super high. He just looked rusty. I almost wonder if it's just the result of him not getting a lot of reps throughout the preseason and he's just rusty from that. I, it just seems so odd that he basically went backwards almost to crap that he was doing last year that was a problem early on in the season that we almost thought that he fixed. Yeah, that is that very well could be. You know, we... 
we talked last week about how we expected the Giants starters to get maybe not an extended look, but just to get some more reps in the second preseason game. And, you know, they were all in bubble wrap. We didn't see a one of them out there. And, you know, the Giants said they thought they got really good work in those two uh, inner squad scrimmages with the Browns. But, you know, watching the performance out there tonight, I, you know, I, I have to doubt that statement. I, I don't think they were able to adequately simulate game conditions in those practices because this whole offensive line just looked rusty and not prepared to face the Patriots defense. I, they were making Joshua Uche look like OCU Manure out there. <laughs> and that says a lot. Uche is a talented kid, but man, I don't think he's enough to be saying, you know, the, that we're, we're here concerned about Andrew Thomas and Nate Solder, the way that, that he looked in this performance. Uh, and you also made note here in our document, our, our notes post game, there was a lot of interior pressure. They just could not move the football. They, I, I, they, they were at, they had some successful run game, run plays, but I think that there was some pretty consistent um, push from the interior as well. Yeah, I, I kind of throughout the game, but especially with the starters, I noticed uh, guys like uh, Godcho and the rest of the Patriots' interior defensive linemen getting a lot of push. Uh, you know, we saw them have that basically goal line stand that led to the Daniel Jones interception. And, you know, uh, Devontae Booker had some nice runs, but he still only averaged two yards a carry. You know, he had seven carries for 14 yards. Uh, the Giants need to, do, need to do better than that. Yeah, you know, We can assume Saquon Barkley's explosiveness would add to that a little bit but he still needs some room to get things going especially on those interior runs that the Giants love and up until today executed so well so as negative as we are on this podcast sometimes and you know after a game like that I think it, it serves uh to be negative because of some of the things that we noticed uh we do try to be as positive as we can and there are a couple specific things that stand out to me Chris that I think we need to mention and provide some props for the first one, that Caden Smith touchdown right before the end of the half, that got me juiced up. That the whole I'm watching the whole first half. I'm frustrated. I'm like, dang, that looks bad. That doesn't look great. They need to fix that. But then Daniel Jones sits in the pocket and makes one of those throws where you're like, wow, we just need that more consistently. And the play I'm obviously talking about, like I mentioned, that Caden Smith touchdown where he fits it into a tight window. Caden Smith is getting pressured. He holds on to the football and they get six points. That is something that we know that Daniel Jones is capable of. He has done that. But as we always say on this show, is that there needs to be more consistency with it. But that was a great play. Hell of a play. I think that that made me feel a little bit better. If, if they had not scored that touchdown, uh, I think I'd be freaking out a little bit more as a Giants <laughs> fan. And I think Giants fans would also be freaking out a little bit more. But because they completed that play, um, you know, I think you can be a little bit more calm. Yeah, it's worth noting that by that point, the Patriots had pulled their starter. So that that was the Giants' starting offense against the Patriots' backup defense. However, you know that was a very nice throw from Daniel Jones. He didn't have pressure in, in his face, and he threw an accurate ball. He fit it in over the defender, put it in a place where only Caden Smith could get it, and Smith did a really nice job. That was a nice route run, and it was a very nice catch for him to, you know, 
extend, locate the ball over his shoulder, secure it, not have anything close to a bobble, and just have a really nicely executed play. That that was what they needed to finish what was a kind of fugly half of football. <laughs> yeah, fugly is a great way to put it. We also got to give the, some credit to this starting defense as they looked pretty good against Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Mac Jones, obviously a rookie. You should be looking good against him, but they did go out there and make some plays, and there's two plays in particular that I think of that were on passing downs. The first one is the Blake Martinez interception. That's just a heads up play. That is a guy who has been around as a veteran for uh, a multiple years now, established his presence last year. And because he knows where to position himself in the right spots, he knows how to make a play in that situation. That was just a hell of a uh, aggressive move by Blake Martinez to basically rip the ball out of the hands of a Patriots receiver but then there's the other one too, Chris. I'm not sure if you remember it or not, but like I, I immediately made a mental note that like we got to talk about this. Julian Love had this crazy diving play where he launched himself a few yards to tip a pass on I think what was a third down, and that is that that excites me because Julian Love we kind of like forgot about him a little bit last year, but I think that potentially this year he could have a growing impact for that giant secondary. One of the just many names that are super, super talented uh, within that giant secondary group. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think for me, the Martinez interception was the play of the game for the Giants. Just getting the ball away from the receiver was impressive, was impressive enough. But for me, what really makes it is, A, a nice, smooth drop into coverage, which is not Martinez's strong point. You know, he really is a downhill linebacker but he made a nice drop into coverage and then he was able to turn and run with a receiver. Now, granted slot receivers, probably not as fast as a lot of your number one X receivers in the league, but that was still impressive for him to turn and run. And nine times out of 10, if you get a slot receiver matched up on a Mike linebacker, the offense is taking that every single day of the week and they're going to come out on top in that matchup. So that really was just an incredible play by Martinez. And I do remember that play by Julian Love. Yeah, Like you said, he dove from a couple yards away. It was a really heads-up play. Great recognition, great processing by him. And he does tend to get overlooked by a lot in the media and some Giants fans as well. Uh, I think with as many different things as he can do, playing the slot, playing safety, playing as a outside cornerback when necessary being good against the run being effective against the pass he could be quietly a very important swiss army knife for this defense which we saw early on in the game the giants were manning up playing man coverage and sending pressure against the patriots offense i think that's the way patrick graham wants to play this year and the more things that Julian Love can do, the more options that gives to Patrick Graham, the better this defense as a whole is going to be able to play. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And and those two plays were were just massive, pivotal plays in that game that I think kept the Giants in a, a closer mark right around halftime. Th that's the stuff that you want to see. And I think that there's some positives to take away from this game, especially uh, defensively.
That's going to be it for today's stream, folks. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us talk about the post game here for the New York Giants loss to the New England Patriots. Uh, we're going to be coming at you with some great content this upcoming week as there are cuts looming. There are, uh, you know, a lot of headlines that we're going to need to address and hit on before the Giants gear up and get ready for their first matchup of the season, which will be against the Denver Broncos. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll talk to you soon.